Hello and welcome to the Talking and Stuff podcast. I am Taliban, and this week's episode's actually a bit more interesting and not UFC based for the first time in actually a while, which is um, which is good. But it's it's a bit of a niche subject to most of the world, and most of the world have gone off pro wrestling. But it's it's got more wider reaching uh, ideas to talk about than actual pro wrestling itself. It, what it's going to be about today's podcast in particular is um, WWE's recent releases of talent. Uh, okay, let's let's break let's just break this down. Um, what made me want to make this episode uh, WWE related and WWE release related is Bray Wyatt's release. I believe on August first or July thirty first. That came out of nowhere. And Bray Wyatt was a very, very top talent in WWE. He had only just come off a match with Randy Orton at WrestleMania three months prior. Uh, and he hadn't been seen since then, uh, bar the one segment on Raw afterwards. So the, it shows that WWE is not just releasing you know, mid-card talent or people that aren't as important to the company as maybe the main eventers, they're releasing main eventers. And Bray Wyatt's a main eventer. You know, in 2020, last year, he was the universal champion. In 2020, last year, he had the Firefly Funhouse match with John Cena. He was featured almost every week. He had the angle with Elixir Bliss. He had... uh, Matches with Daniel Bryan at the Rumble, faced Goldberg at Saudi Arabia's uh, Super Showdown show. You know, a big, big start. And even before that, he had won the Universal Championship from Seth Rollins in 2019. He had debuted The Fiend in 2019, only two years ago. And he was on fire. Yes, WWE had kind of taken his character and put many chinks in its armour and done stupid booking decisions that probably shouldn't have been done with the Fiend character. Um, You know, losing to Goldberg uh, at Super Showdown for the Universal title, going into WrestleMania, going into uh, his first Mania as the Fiend, where he should have probably been champion. Or WWE, you just don't make the decision to put the belt on him at all, therefore not making a mistake with him. You know... It just feels that in particular, having Goldberg beat him, put a chink in his armour. And, you know, if you're going to do a stupid decision like that, have a 50-year-old part-timer beat the most hottest up-and-coming, well, not really up-and-coming, hottest main event superstar you have. And he was at the point where Bray Wyatt was red hot, even coming off the Seth Rollins mistake, which was another chink in the armour. The, the Seth Rollins Hell in a Cell 2019 fiasco, and for people that don't watch professional wrestling, what happened was in a Hell in a Cell match, and I'm sure many people know what that is, a Hell in a Cell match, a match where my mankind was thrown off the cell and put through the cell, had a tooth put up his nose, thumbtacks, fire, barbed wire has been introduced in those matches, skin, just peeled, you know, busted open, weapons, deadly, deadly spots, the fiend lost, and Seth Rollins was disqualified due to 
Seth Rollins hitting a hammer on a pile of things. After the crazy shit we have seen in a Hell in a Cell match, they ended the match after Seth Rollins hit a sledgehammer on a pile of weapons that The Fiend was under. The Fiend, which, yes, it sounds stupid, but it's meant to be some mythical being, doesn't really sell, just gets back up after loads of offense. He took about five curb stomps in that match and got up. But a hammer on a load of things beat him. Hmm? So that was one of the mistakes. Goldberg's loss was one of the mistakes. Uh, the Firefly Funhouse uh, Fun House was not Funhouse. I can't speak today. The Firefly Funhouse match was a resurrection of sorts. Um, bit of a damp through. I can't speak. Okay, let's 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 learn to speak. The feud with Braun Strowman was a bit of a damper that followed that WrestleMania match with John Cena, and then for some reason the Fiend. Bray White kind of became a face, but kind of kind of became a good guy, because he took out a heel stable in Retribution on a random episode of Raw for for really no reason, but he had a good storyline going with Alexa Bliss that wasn't really everyone's cup of tea, but the wrestling world seemingly liked their partnership and liked their chemistry as characters, and they seemingly were becoming the next biggest thing. Then Randy Orton's storyline came along. That went a bit mental, but once again, most people liked it, even though I'm not really into, I guess, hokey wrestling that involves weird mythical beings and fire, people getting set on fire and coming back completely unscarred or fireballs in faces, but no one shows any damage a week later. You know, that's not really my type of wrestling, but... Most people seem to enjoy it. So the thing was on a hot streak. Then WrestleMania came and it was just... The match with him and Randy Orton. What happened? What happened? That is, It was the biggest mistake with The Fiend, uh, bar the Goldberg match. The st- stupid booking. And stupid booking they didn't even get to follow up on because The Fiend was on the night after WrestleMania and then he was gone which people thought was probably because of mental health issues, which was reported that it wasn't. It was an injury, but does that injury uh, you know, prohibit him from doing segments? I don't think so. So they took him off. They waited for him to heal up. They waited for him to heal up. Then they released him. Two days after he was cleared to wrestle, WWE said, no, nah, we're releasing you now. You're cut. One of their biggest stars. Just just cut two days after two days after getting fully fit to wrestle again and having an angle that he can come back to. It wasn't like there was nothing for Bray Wyatt. He had something to follow up on with Alexa Bliss that now can't be followed up on because WWE said no, we're releasing you. And it's it's a big problem. It's a big moral problem as well because more releases have followed the Bay White release. Uh, last Friday, 12 NXT superstars were released. Um, this year alone, 2021, I have the whole list of everyone released in 2021. Now, these big releases started last year in 2020, seemingly due to budget cuts, even though WWE were having their biggest financial year ever. And 
they were getting money off the state. It was it was really weird. They had come off WrestleMania and they decided to release uh, loads of talent last year. That's a whole issue. But I want to go through just this year's releases alone. And there's been a lot. And the fact is, this wasn't the usual way of WWE business till last year. Uh, usually the WWE would kind of keep talent around to stop them from going to other companies. So they give them big contracts. They have too many wrestlers that they don't know what to do with and they keep them on the roster. This was stupid because there was too many wrestlers not everyone could get on the show, even though War is three hours, SmackDown, you got about two hours of it. NXT, main event. There's a lot of WWE programming, but there's too many wrestlers and too much kind of stuff to handle. But they'd give them big contracts and a lot of big contracts just to get pinned every week on Raw or just get to sit at home. Um, But funny enough, last year... While AEW are heating up their competitor, obviously not as big as WCW back in the day, but, you know, the closest thing, much more dangerous than TNA or any other wrestling company currently going AEW, as soon as they're heating up, WWE say, no, we're just going to give up on keeping talents and stopping them from going to other competitors. So, really, they kept talents when companies like TNA, Ring of Honor, New Japan were the only wrestling companies really to go to. And no offence to those companies, they weren't competition, had no way of becoming competition on the scale of WWE. So you kept talent around then. But when AEW, a company that's going up in the ratings and not going down like your weekly Monday Night War, then, you know, when they get hot, you say, oh, you know, just release loads of great talent that could go there and become good things, big things. And they did. Last year, Rusev, now called Miro in AEW, was released. Now he is the TNT champion, gearing up probably for a very long future world title run. If that's the way they decide to go, it's definitely an option. He is a bigger star than he really has ever been, besides from that one-year run in 2014 where he was beating everyone and had a bit of a weird feud with John Cena. You know... So it, releasing really talented guys to go to the other competition that know what to do with those talented guys, it doesn't really make sense. They also released the OC in 2020. The OC went on to really make a splash in impact, well, bar the pun, but uh, impact in impact. Um, so, you know, big talents released uh, this year. Um, let's name all the releases and I'll, I'll go through all of these and... Uh, all of that. April 15th, Wesley Blake was released. Uh, bit weird. He had been a part of the... Well, he first was a tag team with Buddy Murphy in NXT. They were an okay tag team, but their manager, Alexa Bliss, who we mentioned on this podcast, ended up becoming the biggest star than them. And then they did nothing in NXT after she left. Um, and then they just waited around. Then Buddy Murphy kind of went out and became somewhat of a star in the Cruiserweight division, became a really good Cruiserweight champion. If you haven't seen those matches, watch them. Stuff with Cedric Alexander is brilliant. His matches with Ali are also brilliant. Watch it. Uh, you know, so Buddy Murphy wanted to become somewhat of a star, and then he had a pretty strong angle where he was featured every week on Raw as Seth Rollins' disciple. Um, and then he kind of went in a really convoluted 
strange feud where he joined the Mysterio family and betrayed Seth Rollins because he liked Rey Mysterio's daughter. Very strange. Uh, Wesley Blake, on the other hand, who was released, of course, April 15th, did nothing, really. Uh, did nothing with uh, did nothing with Buddy Murphy in NXT after Alexa Bliss's release, then did nothing in NXT at all, really. Then the Forgotten Sons came about. Uh, another stable that were featured on and off, never really a big thing in NXT. Then the Forgotten Sons came to the main roster for two weeks last year. Uh, then Jackson Riker, a member of the Forgotten Sons, said some really fucked up shit, so they had to take him off telly. Um, and then Wesley Blake came back in December as... Baron Cor- one of Baron Corbin's, like, I don't know, um, henchmen. I think that was December. It might have been February or January. Uh, then they released him, April 15th. Uh, bit of an unremarkable run, but there you go. Bo Dallas, April 15th as well. This was a big day for releases. Um, I have to speed up with some of these. Bo Dallas, NXT champion, formerly. Um, he was pretty big in NXT. Really got some steam going. Had an okay five-month run on the main roster. Then Vince just gave up on him and he became a jobber. Did something with the social outcasts for about five months. They gave up on that. Then he kind of did a weird heel run where it looks... He he turned into like a really good wrestler, but only against Curtis Axel because that's the only person he could beat every week. Um. Then... Did nothing for ages. Then, probably his most memorable role is a part of the uh, uh, Mrs. Stable with Curtis Axel, Mr. Arge. What they call Mr. Arge. Where him and Curtis Axel helped out the Miz for about seven, eight months. Um, It was pretty good. It was pretty good. And then they split off into the B team, which was really memorable. Uh, Could have done a bit more with the B team, really. Uh, They were never going to be a Hall of Fame tag team, but they could have done something of some sort uh, besides win the tag team titles and never defend them and then lose them. Uh, Bit of an underwhelming tag team run, but they were really hot for about two months, the B team was. And uh, yeah, and then after they lost the tag team titles, Bo Dallas was off TV for ages uh, and never really returned to telly. And then Curtis Axel was released last year. Uh, so it took a whole year to do nothing with Bo Dallas at all. I don't think he was featured on TV at all for that entire year from Curtis Axel's release till April 15th for this year when he was released. So I don't know why they kept him around if they were not going to do anything with him. Um, Kalisto, interesting because he was really a Vince McMahon um, passion project of sorts. I think after that TLC spot where he did the weird... Um, Selena Del Sol threw the ladder to one of the Usos at TLC, which was a really memorable spot. I think, I think even people that haven't seen pro wrestling have probably seen that uh, at TLC match, um, or at least that spot from it. After that, then he really became, seemingly, one of Vince McMahon's favourites because he went on only a couple of weeks later to beat Alberto Del Rio. Then uh, he beat Alberto Del Rio for the United States title, and then he lost it, and then he won it again. Uh, very soon after, and he held that, and he defended it on the WrestleMania kickoff, and he held that for a couple of months. Pretty unremarkable run, but he was featured pretty good, and he was 
protected a bit. Uh, then he lost to Rusev. Wasn't featured much at all. I think he got bullied by Baron Corbin for three months. Did nothing in 2017 uh, besides face Enzo Amore in some really bad matches. I think he might have won the Cruiserweight title uh, on 205 Live, which no one cared about. Uh, did something with the Lucha House Party, which was just loads of marks, mar- uh, masked wrestlers who said things like lit and that's fire. I don't know. And then he did nothing. Apparently he fell off. He fell out with um, Creative because he said he uh, he didn't want to be a part of the Lucha House Party anymore. I think that was the final nail in his coffin. Um, yeah, and then they kind of just released him on April 15th. Tucker Knight, mostly known as Tucker, um, was a tag team member of the uh, Heavy Machinery tag team, and he was uh, tag teaming with Otis, who is still with the company, doing pretty good with uh, with Chad Gable, being featured weekly. They've made Otis's appearance really weird. He looks like a fat, sweaty bit of slime. But he is doing stuff. Tucker, obviously doing nothing, got released. Uh, really weird. They kind of killed Tucker's character as soon as they took him away from uh, Otis, which WWE likes to do. They like to break up tag teams, do something with one of them, then don't touch the other one, killing any potential they had dead in the water. And Tucker was already the boring one of the group. Tucker was the already the tag team member that not really anyone cared about because Otis was the entertainer. Tucker was just there. So once you took Tucker away from Heavy Machinery, you had nothing to do with him. And he turned heel on Otis, so there was no way of reforming because there was a big split up. And then, like a night later on Monday Night War, Tucker was featured as a jobber. He didn't get an entrance, he had some weird trousers on, and he got beat in about two minutes. That was the last time I remember seeing him. He got released April 15th. So they killed his character themselves. Chelsea Green, uh, a superstar with potential, um, who in NXT was doing pretty good with the Robert Stone brand. Then she got taken away for that uh, and debuted on SmackDown in November 2020. And um, she got injured. And they kept her around till April 15th. She did nothing really because she was injured. Uh, had a lot of potential though. Had a lot of potential. It's um, it's a shame. She's one of the young talents that could have actually been something. Also released on April 15th, another woman superstar. Mickey James, legend. Legend. Should be future Hall of Famer. I don't know if she's going to be now. Um, it was a shame, this one. Um, you know, a really good superstar that WWE never really knew what to do with. After she returned in 2017, she teamed with Alexa Bliss, feuded with Alexa Bliss, stopped teaming with Alexa Bliss, did nothing. Um, I'm trying to think of one thing she did after Alexa Bliss, really. I don't think she did anything. I think she came back after an injury and got hurt again, and they never used her again, really, except for an appearance on War Legends back in January. A real big shame, because she came back in 2017 to the main roster um, and was treated like a pretty much big deal for two weeks, and then she joined Alexa Bliss, which was a bit weird, but it was okay, but she was just the lackey 
even though she was the veteran, she was the lackey. Um, and she never really got to break away from that. And once she did, that she just got injured and taken off telly. So she, kind of a waste of talent, uh, kind of a waste of talent. And I think the biggest thing coming off uh, that release was her, I guess, um, leavers package, which was just giving her stuff back. So what, uh, after they released her, was sent to her in a bin bag. So that is a bit offensive and rude and not very good to do to a woman that's been working with you for, I believe, 15 years. Um, yeah, a shame. Billy Kay, oh, such a talent, such a funny, brilliant character work off the charts, really could have been something, especially when she was a part of the Iconics. They split apart the Iconics, thinking they were going to push Peyton Royce, who also got released, by the way, on the same day, uh, thinking they are going to push Peyton Royce as a single star because Vince was high on her for one week. They did nothing with Peyton Royce. They did a little bit of... They did a bit of work with Billy Kay. They did nothing with her for weeks, and then they did some funny stuff with her, and then they just released her, even though she had something going. Uh, and funny enough, the woman that they saw potential in it, Peyton Royce, did nothing... And Billy Kay did more than her, even though she was meant to be the one that didn't have the main event potential in Vince's eyes. Uh, as a tag team, the Iconics were brilliant. Um, even separate, Billy Kay was brilliant, and we didn't, never really got to see what Peyton Royce could do. She had a really good promo on War Talk um, that never really led to anything. So that that is just stupid, especially because a lot of the reason for the introduction of these uh, women's tag team titles was because of teams like the Iconics. You know, teams that could actually be tag team champions instead of thrown together teams. An actual full-on team could that could have been women's tag team champions, and yes, they actually were women's tag team champions, that they won at WrestleMania and didn't defend for, like, five months, and then they lost those titles. So, once again, Vince is very strange in the way he wants to book superstars. Um, uh, on the 15th of April, Samoa Joe was released. Uh, I can't really say much about this. Um, he was released as a commentator, even though uh, he was really big as a, an in-wing uh, competitor. Samoa Joe, you probably know him, out of all the people on this list so far. Uh, two-time NXT champion. Um or maybe one-time NXT... No, two-time NXT champion. Uh, United States champion, I don't think he ever won the Intercontinental title. Uh, had a few shots at the Universal title. But, um, yeah, they released him. But then, uh, this is why I can't say much about it, they rehired him, actually, and bang him back down to NXT. And he's doing some really, really good stuff. And he's also about to get back into England competition with Karrion Cross at NXT TakeOver 36. So... Samoa Joe, probably the happiest story on here. Even though I'm probably happy for everyone that has been released because they weren't doing much. It's obviously hard to see people lose their jobs, but everyone really released uh, has so much potential and a, a, a nice bit of stock enough to move on to bigger and better things. Um, there's more of these releases. Steve Cutler was released on February 4th, apparently. Uh, I believe he was released. I, I forget him being released, but I... Um, yeah, I, I forget. Uh, apparently he was released not with 
not due to budget cuts, but uh, Vince McMahon was livid with him due to uh, him going to a New Year's Eve party. That's fair enough. I don't know if I'd release a wrestler over that. I think there's been worse. But I get I get it because of COVID. I get it, sort of. A bit strange. Um, Lars Sullivan was also reportedly released in February. They, I don't know what they were doing with him. Uh, they bang him up. He was meant to debut in December 2018. He had a panic attack before he went out to debut, so they kept him back till April 2019, which was actually pretty nice of them to do because, uh, you know, they were doing what was best for him. Then he debuted, took out Kurt Angle, took out the Lucha House Party. Then he had a massive controversy because he had some racist comments and he appeared in a gay porn thing, even though he's ha- had an internet history of apparently saying some homophobic stuff on the internet. Uh, so then WWE didn't react to this, kept him on telly, he got injured, he came back, they did the exact same thing with him, just destroyed everyone, gave him a really weird promo about bullies, then they released him. Really weird. Uh uh, not the nicest guy, racist and homophobic comments. So yeah, um, not the greatest wrestler either. But this is a great wrestler, Andrade. Released March twenty first. I uh, I believe he wanted this release. Um, not much to say about Andrade besides from he's really fucking talented, really really good, really really good in ring. Um, super talented. It, he he's gone on to work with AEW now, so good for him. Uh, Jessamyn Duke uh, was released May 19th. Uh, it's really weird that Jessamyn Duke and Marina Schaffer, who was also re- released, I think, uh, from WWE, their releases are really weird because they were with Shayna Baszler, who WWE has squandered, uh, but also they were leading to a four-horsewoman uh, four versus four-horsewoman match, seemingly, with Ronda Rousey teaming up with Jessamyn Duke and uh, Sharina something Shafir, I don't remember, and Shayna Baszler taking on Sasha Banks, Bailey, Charlotte and Becky. Yeah, uh, but then Ronda just uh, left wrestling and didn't want to come back, so they didn't really know what to do with them and they didn't do much in NXT, so Jasmine do one of those releases. Santana, uh, Santana Garrett, uh, NXT superstar here. Um, yeah. Uh, she was an enhancement talent throughout her career in WWE. Not much to say about that one. Ruby Riot released. Uh, this was a shame. Great wrestler. Once again, killing your women's tag team division. Strange decision to release her and not Liv Morgan alongside her. Since they were a tag team, now you just have one of them. I mean, Liv Morgan has the potential to be a star, yet they are not doing anything with Liv Morgan, even though they've kept her uh, kept her intact. But you love it. Uh, Ruby Riot, pretty good wrestler. Seemingly going to AEW now. Um, let's speed through now. Lana was released. Uh, she's told some really bad stories about WWE. Um, you know, apparently she, uh, Vince made her cry once because the original spot for her in the uh, Survivor Series women's match was to do uh, a lot of good work in the ring and win. Uh, but it turned out to be she just stands on the uh, the apron for ages and does nothing, and then wins in a comedy spot. A whole match just to have a comedy bit to it. That's the that's the, a whole match just to do a joke. 
amazing. Um, Buddy Murphy, we talked about him. We talked about his release. Uh, real shame. Alistair Black. Now, this was shocking. This was another one. Alistair Black is super talented. Great in the ring. Great character work. He's brilliant. He is brilliant. Uh, and they were doing something with him when they released him. They had just brought him back in loads of uh, vignettes. And he was feuding with Big E. He was literally featured on an episode of SmackDown like a couple of days before his release. And then he was gone. Like, what? Then they released him. And they forgot to update his contract to a 90-day no-compete cause. Instead, it was 30 days. And 30 days later, he showed up in AEW. And he's looking great in AEW. So, that's a happy story. Braun Strowman. Jesus Christ, that was really weird. That was a really weird release. Uh, one of the biggest stars in WWE at the time. He had just come off a triple threat. Um, a triple threat match. A WrestleMania backlash. A couple of days later, he's released. A triple threat for the WWE Championship. He competed in it. In the main event, a couple of days later, he's gone. What? The year before, he was Universal Champion. Beating Goldberg at WrestleMania. A year later... Not on the show anymore. Really strange. One of the biggest stars, one of the most popular wrestlers. I believe they released him because they didn't like the. Uh, they didn't think he was living up to the potential that he had, or not living up to the contract that he had. You know, he he was getting paid a lot and not doing much. But that's WWE's fault for not paying him on telly a lot. Everwise was released. Really good team that I really enjoyed. Uh, got released there in AEW now, I believe. Uh. At- <laughs> Aria Davari. This was these next couple of releases is how WWE likes to kill their cruiserweight division. Aria Davari, cruiserweight staple. Uh, Tony uh, Tony Nice, cruiserweight uh, staple of the cruiserweight division. Uh, Arturio Ruas, who was in um, ooh, who was in Raw Underground once or twice. Not much he didn't do. Fandango, long-time WWE employee uh, and wrestler for them. They squandered him many times. We've, we've talked about the squandering of many talents here. Tyler Breeze really, really good and they squandered him. The Bollywood boys, uh, you know, that's the cruiserweight division getting killed. Here's Marina Shafir, uh, Shafir I should say. Um, August Grey, Kurt Stallion, these are all NXT talents. Killian Dane, who was featured every week on NXT, uh, a part of a thing with... Um, Drake Maverick, uh, you know, released, released. I mean, it was weird, um, really weird. Then Bray Wyatt, we talked about that, shocking. Uh, Ric Flair, released August 3rd, he's a legend of the game. Um, I believe he asked for his release due to WWE's booking decisions with, due, due to booking decisions in, with his storyline that he was a part of in, uh, January, I believe, with Lacey Evans. He said, oh, I don't like what you did there. I want to get released. Whew. Now, this is really, this is the, this is the area where I go, what the fuck is going on? The Bray Wyatt thing was, what the fuck is going on? This is, this is what the fuck's going on. Last Friday, 12 NXT superstars were released. 12. Bobby Fish who had just wrestled Roderick Strong on NXT that week, who was a part of the biggest stable in NXT, released. Bronson Reed, former champion, released. Mercedes 
Mercedes Martinez, a woman who had competed for the Women's Championship in NXT multiple times and was uh, a part of the Retribution stable for two weeks, released. Tyler Rust, who had only just joined Roderick Strong's Diamond Mine, released. Keona Reeves, released. Leon Ruff, former champion again, released. Stephen Smith, Jake Atlas, Aria Sterling, Desmond Troy, Zachary Smith, or Zachariah Smith, Asher Haley, I think, and Giant Zangir. Now, some of those were also... They were released on a Friday night. What happens on Smack, uh, on a Friday night after SmackDown is 205 Live gets aired. A lot of those... Uh, some of those wrestlers on that list of 12 released were advertised for 205 Live even after their release, which was just really dirty. Really, really dirty. So... That's all the releases, and you can tell, like, what the hell's going on. You know, what is going on here? Big stars, really, really big stars, getting released. Uh, up-and-comers getting released. It's It doesn't make sense. Superstars in the middle of storylines getting cut and released. Superstars that WWE did nothing with that so much potential getting released it has been a problem for a year these releases releases of big talents releases are just random they come at random they don't seem to have any meaning besides the words budget cuts even though WWE keep on having record setting years for their budgets where they keep making so much money off dirty deals with Saudi Arabia and um, deals with states like Orlando that they are making boatloads of cash and they could employ every single one of these guys, but apparently it's budget cut. Last year, all releases, in my opinion, all releases are bad unless they are done just for a reason due to something said or something done by a particular wrestler that is to blame on the wrestler and not the company. Last year's releases were filthy dirty. They released them early in the pandemic last year uh, when a lot of people couldn't get independent work on the independent scene because a lot of independent promotions couldn't do events because it was not allowed. Yet big companies like WWE could do events and they released superstars that could have really done with independent work and they couldn't do it. Luckily, AEW was there to um, help out. And I mean, AEW has done some interesting releases They've released a couple of talents that couldn't fly over from England, I believe, uh, which is, you know, not very good either. But WWE's releases came in mass numbers, young talent, old talent. It's, um, if they had reason besides budget cuts, which is absolute bullshit, uh, then fair enough. Bray Wyatt, uh, Bray Wyatt's release seemingly comes without reason. Um, he had been cleared to wrestle. He was meant to return on the most recent episode of Raw. Um, and they released him. Uh, it really doesn't make sense, that one. Alistair Black's release didn't make sense either, especially because they were just setting up for him to make an in-ring return after they had already taken him off TV for six months. Um, the t- NXT releases are shocking. Really weird. And to advertise wrestlers that had already been released for the sh- upcoming show on the day they had been released, that is shocking. Um... The, the reason for the NXT releases was due to, apparently, rebranding of NXT that Vince wants to do. He doesn't want any... This was the, this was a quote. No midget wrestlers, 
and no one over 30. What? And the funny thing is, no midget wrestlers or anyone over 30. Adam Cole's contract is coming up and Vince McMahon wanted to meet personally with Adam Cole to stop him from leaving. Adam Cole is 32, he is part of NXT, and he is not uh, the tallest person in the world. So, what's going on? Uh, it's scary because, especially for NXT, there are seemingly more releases on the way. Uh, for the main roster, at this point, anyone could get released at any time. I could definitely see the release of someone like Keith Lee coming. And it, it's just, it feels very dirty and immoral. And it feels like the only reason these guys didn't get over or are not stars and the reason WWE says, oh, you know, they're not, you know, they're not, we don't need to keep them around. They're not as big uh, and not worth the money on their contracts. The only reason that could be is because WWE are not doing anything with them. Every single name on that contract, or on, on that list, was very, very minimally used, especially the main most of the talent on the list. The NXT talent... Uh, the NXT talent just seemingly were released just for Vince to have fun. And the thing is, Vince had said in an interview, uh, Vince McMahon, by the way, uh, had said in an interview, um, he was asked about AEW, does he see them as competition? He said, no, I don't see them as competition. I don't know what investments they are making with their talent, but we couldn't give them more. Which was just, it was a joke that is very dirty. Because these are people's lives that you're messing with. You're releasing them, taking money from them, taking food off their table. And you're making jokes about giving talent to AEW. It was just like, oh. it just seems like he's playing with it now. He's playing with his food. A lot of these talents can go on to bigger and better places. The NXT talents are what I worry about. The NXT talents, I don't know how much work they're going to get. People like Bobby Fish... And uh, Bronson Reed uh, should get some work and some great promotions. The rest of them, I don't know. The rest of them, I'm worried about. Uh, Bray Wyatt will, if he wishes to, can go on to very big and better things. He is an absolute creative genius and can do a lot of things. Um, a lot of those releases have already gone on to big and better things. Uh, look at Alistair Black, for example. Look at Andrade. So... I don't know. It just feels like WWE are killing their own roster at this point. And when they have rematches on Raw every week and SmackDown every week, or the same matches constantly, seemingly due to a thin roster, uh, you know, it seems like a stupid decision to release wrestlers that could have been something. But anyway, I don't know how you feel about it. Do you think it's immoral to release talents uh, in such a way with lack of rhyme or reason? Or do you think it's fine? I don't know how you think. Uh, I don't think it's fine. I think it's fucking bullshit. But that's just my opinion. Uh, yeah. A more longer and listy, listy, if that's a word, listy podcast, reading out a big list of stuff and talking about it uh, bit by bit. But it had to be done. It was a podcast I really wanted to make. And it, it the WWE releases lately have been shocking. So, yeah. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.